411Live. Where you can learn about issues that affect us every day. Stay the world. 411Live. Real people, real talk. Made to help people in our community in every way. For your girl. Hello, and welcome to the 411Live. Real people, real talk. I'm Beverly Taylor. You know, we started these uh, podcasts with a, a focus on human trafficking, specifically sex trafficking. And when the coronavirus hit, we kind of veered from that and covered more t- topics. And we've been doing that for a while. But today we're going back to our roots. We're talking about uh, sex trafficking in rural Wisconsin counties. And it's appropriate because this being Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Joining me to talk about this is Jenny Almquist. She is the executive director and founder of Fierce Freedom. Jenny, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Beverly. Now, our podcast, in it when we were talking about sex trafficking, we tried to hammer in the fact that it's happening everywhere in all of the counties of Wisconsin and not just the urban areas. So let's talk about where you are. It's Colfax. Colfax, the village of, is that right? Well, that's where my husband and I live. That's where we raise our children. Um, And that's about 30 minutes from our office, um, which is just outside of Eau Claire. Okay. So, and the community where you live is really small, right? It's rural. It's yeah, eleven hundred people. Right, eleven hundred. And where the office is—is is it a bigger community, a larger population, or still pretty small? It is. I'm. I think we're close to about fourteen thousand in Altoona. Okay, and that's specifically where our office is. Okay, very good. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about sex trafficking, we're talking about forced fraud and coercion. And you were telling me that you found sex trafficking in high schools. Right. So, you know, I think it's easy for all of us to think of sex trafficking as it kind of falls into some pretty normal, uh, normalized way of thinking, either being prostitution or um, it could be being taken, kidnapped Mm -hmm. and then sold into um, the industry. Uh, but what we find, and I would imagine that this is also going on in the bigger high schools and the bigger cities as well. Um, but what we find is, um, and this is sex trafficking, is when uh, boys in middle school, high school, or anybody uh, will sell their girlfriend or partner uh, for um, maybe a pack of cigarettes, or it could be for the use of a car. So um, there is forced fraud and coercion in there. And the thing is, is that when we talk in these rural schools and we we get to talk to the girls separately, we it always comes back to that they just didn't know that they didn't have to do that. Oh, wow. Let me just go back for a minute because you said something that sparked something in me. You said middle school? Oh, yeah. It's happening in middle school. Yeah, we say it's, I know that it's a really hard topic, Um but if we're not talking to our kids about it earlier than we think, um, easily in, in elementary school, for sure, um, it's too late. By the time you talk to them, it's too late. And this is a disturbing. You're talking about boyfriends selling their girlfriends. Why is this happening? 
Well, I think it, there's a lot of, you know, really um, systemic issues. There's a lot of, there's just, it's very complicated. Mm-hmm. The little village that we live in, which I think represents probably most of America, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, parents who are over the road truckers. There are kids who are home alone, um, all by themselves for long periods of time. We as a culture have moved away from um, showing love and um, emotion. We're afraid. Um, how can I phrase this? I think oftentimes we're afraid even in, like if we're mentoring children or say teaching Sunday school, I always go back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're afraid to touch the kids um, for good reason. Um, but I think that it, on the other hand, has caused some problems that um, this generation just has not experienced uh, people really um, caring for them, showing them love, showing them care, uh, really installing uh, worth into them and who they really are as a human being. Yeah. Yeah. So how, and I'm, I'm assuming that parents are not aware. I would assume that they're not aware. Um, Kids aren't aware. Um, It's a, it's a tough day that we live in, you know, where kids are, are very much off on their own. Kids are um, on their computers a lot on their own. And especially now during COVID where parents are trying to, um, they're trying to manage their own jobs. They're trying to manage uh, their kids' education. Uh, It's just as complicated and so much. But um, I would say that the parents that we know of just do not see this, um, that this is an issue. Okay. So it's happening in the schools, middle school and high school. So for the kids, is this like a normal thing? I mean, everybody knows it and it's not a big deal. It's what we've seen. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. where does uh, Fierce, um, your organization, Fierce Freedom, how do you get into the schools? Well, um, that it hasn't been easy to get into the schools, to be honest, because this is a hard topic and and I think a lot of times the administrators have to deal with parents who might not want their kids to uh, be engaging in conversation about sex, which I understand. I've I've raised three children. I totally get it. It's complicated. Um, but how it really works is when somebody who really understands the impact on our youth and what is happening right now around us, mm-hmm. and they get passionate about that, and they reach out to their school administrators. Um, or school board and say, this is something I think would be a value to our school. And so they open the door for us. Um, we we have four full-time staff and one support person. So we don't have a lot of time to market, so it, to do marketing for our organization. So it is really helpful when a parent or somebody in the community um, who has a personal relationship just moves forward and kind of helps us out with that. So what does it look like once you're inside the school? How, how do you operate? Gosh, okay. So we have been in 29 different school districts uh, in the state of Wisconsin. And actually, we're well into Minnesota and Illinois and Iowa as well. Um, so it looks different in every single school. So one school district, um, they might invite us in to help write a policy. Um, there, another school district, the health class might invite us in or social studies. Um, 
we've had two different counties. We've had Russ County and Ashland County uh, invite us in to speak to the whole entire county. So they had a cohesive training all together. Wow. So in Russ County, uh, we spoke to all of the high schools plus one of the middle schools. Uh, we talked to all of the teachers and educators. And we also had a community uh, forum in the evening, and they all got to ask the same questions. The parents knew what the kids were going to be hearing, and they were able to ask us questions. Um, and that that was just really a fantastic experience. Yeah, I'm thinking that's a county that gets it. Right. And and talk about rural. I mean, we're talking Ladysmith. Yeah. That's wow. Yeah. With the kids, I thought we were rural, but that that is a very, very much even north from us, um, small town Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. When you get in there and you're talking to the kids, because you were mentioning the girls, they don't know that they don't have to do that. They don't see their their worth. So mm-hmm. you're, I guess you're trying to instill that in them to let them know that they are valuable. Well, we want, that is a goal of ours. I mean, we really, we want to really hit on the human part of it. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, it's really easy to go in and talk about statistics and um, all of the the big and broad um, ideas of what human trafficking is, but we really want to, want to talk to these young people and let them know that, that um, they were created with a purpose. They are, their lives are worthwhile. They have a say in what happens to their bodies. And it's just crazy to me that um, so many people just, especially the girls, just they don't know that they don't have to participate in that yeah. if they don't want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're talking about Altoona, where the, the uh, organization organization is headquartered. And I was looking up uh, Altoona superintendent. Uh, Dan Peggs was arrested and charged with sex trafficking, a minor producing child pornography and possessing and receiving child porn and more charges could be coming. This must've put that community in a tailspin. It did. It was, it was a shock. It was out of the blue. Of course, department of justice and law enforcement had been um, investigating for a long time, but uh, it was a school morning, and apparently the the law enforcement arrested Mr. Peggs on his way to school in front of the school building on his way in. And so that's how much of a shock. By 10 o'clock, you know, they were fielding this the school board and and um, uh, the administration was having um, you know, a gathering with all of the kids and getting emails out to all of the parents. And yes, it was absolutely a shock. This is kind of unchartered mm-hmm. uh, place for school districts. So, I mean, it's not that most school administrators are uh, and staff are trustworthy for sure. So, I mean, this was, um, it was out of the blue. Um, they, they had to really field questions coming in hard and fast, but we would have loved to have gotten in there right away afterwards and talk to the kids because the kids were scared. Um, they heard sex trafficking and they're thinking abductions. Um, so they're, you know, they're wondering and there's questions. And then it was crazy because just a few weeks later then COVID hit and you can just see it was kind of a perfect storm because um, then the kids are online. Um, they, they are at home, um, many unsupervised because parents are trying to figure all of this out right. too. So they're online doing their school and just a click away from a predator. Yeah. So 
Um, we did, we had, we had a pretty steady stream of people coming into our office, um, parents saying that their children um, had actually, they, that porn now in their home is actually a big problem. Wow. Wow. And that kind of shifted the focus of your organization or had you already kind of taken that shift, seeing that pornography is so prevalent? You know, we were really on the point of getting ready to pivot, but we hadn't taken the step uh, to just jump in and really put a lot of our our information online. Um, we get a lot of calls to come in and do uh, in-person um, presentations. And so that's how we started. Um, but the day I remember walking out of our office space and looking back and just wondering if we'd ever be back here again, you know, you just, um, you just don't know, but I got home, I regrouped, I thought through, talked to the staff and the next day we jumped, um, we just, we just jumped right in and did a series of called safety at home and, uh, just talk, giving parents tools, talking to the kids, talking specifically to, you know, the, the different age groups, um, putting together contract online contracts between parents and kids. And um, you can find it on YouTube. It's a whole series. We just jumped because that's the piece that we saw was so important. Yeah. And um, so we just took what we've been taking into um, different presentations and just got it online right away. Excellent. Excellent. Jenny, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back. And I want to talk a little bit more about pornography and kids and some other topics. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Today, I'm going to talk to you about physics. Come on in, girls. Let's go. This is the first rocket to get humans to Mars. Really tall. I'm a rocket structural engineer designing and building parts of the rocket. You are the generation that will be stepping foot on Mars. Do I have a group of astronauts on my hands? Yes. You can become a rocket scientist or whatever else you want to be. Show some respect. Show you give a damn. Show the world how it's done. Show them that when your community needed you the most, you showed up. Mask up, America. Welcome back to the 411 Live. I am talking with uh, Jenny Omquist, who is the executive director and founder of Fierce Freedom. We were talking a little bit about pornography, kind of the shift for the organization uh, based on what's going on in our society. And I was saying that before the incident with the superintendent came about, you guys were already kind of pivoting a little bit towards uh, pornography. Tell me a little bit, I know that you had somebody to join the staff who has some expertise in this area. Absolutely. So it was interesting because I had been looking at the organization and just wondering, you know, we've been doing this for a while. We really started, it looked different, but really started in 2007 and just looking around and thinking not a lot has changed, mm -hmm. you know, we, it just feels like we weren't making a whole lot of, um, difference like the the problem was still growing and spreading and I just wondered if it was time to take a new approach do things a little bit differently and it was at that time that I took that 
I went along with my staff, went to a conference in the Twin Cities, and um, we met a gentleman named John Pulley, and he was speaking there. This was a Shared Hope International Conference, and he spoke as um, he was a buyer, and he a sex buyer, and he was arrested, um, and he, he went to jail. He went through the whole process. He went through, this was down in the state of Texas, um, and they actually have programming. Um, while you're on probation and they have a lot of really great things in, in place. Anyway, um, we met with him and talked to him and uh, just kind of wondered if he would come up and talk to our organization and in our area, uh, if we got an audience together that would really hear his perspective of how are we going to fight human sex trafficking from the angle of really uh, fighting demand? Mm -hmm. And I thought, how else can you do that? very effectively, um, other than having somebody who's already walked through it and his own experiences, because we tell a lot of stories. And so to hear him talk about how, um, from him watching porn and more porn, and it was actually over many years that his appetite increased more and more. And his arrest came years into this when he went to go uh, by an underage girl for sex. And it was actually a sting. And, you know, he'll say that was the best day of his life because wow. he wasn't actually able to um, go through with that. Uh, and it's been a huge journey for him. But we are so proud to have him on staff because um, not only is he a voice to this, but he's also able to talk to a lot of the young men and men in our community who are struggling with porn. And we know that it's not just men, it's women as well. Right. But of course he has, um, he has a really solid voice and the ability to speak to people who are struggling with this. And he's able to, to really tell them the consequences that are in front of them um, if they don't take steps to bring healing in their own lives. Right. People will listen to folks who, uh, who've walked in their shoes, so to speak, uh, who who know what they're talking about through experience. So I'm sure that he can captivate an audience. He can, yes. Yeah, that's good. It's good to have him on staff. So how has this, this pivot to looking at the pornography? I know you said you guys put a bunch of stuff um, on YouTube for parents after uh, what happened to the uh, the superintendent. All that came about and parents are saying, yeah, I'm seeing pornography in my home. What are some of the tips, parents who might be listening right now, what are some of the tips that you give? Well, we one of the things that we did was we produced a little video uh, and it's on YouTube. And I we have just gotten a lot of really positive feedback from it. And it's called Dear Diary. <clears throat> and it's of a teenager. And she's in her bedroom and she's writing in her diary. And it's it's just going through the whole grooming process of how she meets somebody. And then what happens? And then there, there's downloadables that that you can um, go go through questions with your teen, um, looking into the video and seeing things like all of a sudden there's a um, an expensive purse or an expensive piece of jewelry or different things and and um, just really conversation starters wow. uh, with your kids. So that one's been that one is a really good. To a really good one to watch. And I would highly recommend that one for sure. 
and then starting now, January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month, and we are launching a new series called Fierce Parenting. And what that is, is 52 weeks of videos of three to four minute videos. Okay. So if you subscribe um, to this uh, to this new series that we're doing, you'll get one in your inbox every week. And it's quick and pointed. It won't take a lot of your time, but it, it will cover things that you as a parent need to know, such as grooming um, and sugaring and signs to look for and resources and boundaries and not just for yourself, but also for your kids right. and um, contracts, um, online and computer contracts. So um, th that's just an idea of, of 52 of the, the different pieces. And we, we know that families are overwhelmed, so we don't want to send out a 30 minute video. Mm. You know, you're drinking your cup of coffee and you have a break and you can just click on it um, and watch it and you're good to go. Very good. Very good. And if you want some more information, you can get it later. But this is that introductory piece. And I have to go back and because when you first told me about sugaring, I did not know what that was. So for people who may not be familiar with that term, what is sugaring? Well, it's just as a new name. It's been around forever. It's really, I think people would think of it as like an escort service, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um it is being a lot of this where we're really seeing that this is happening is on college campuses. So, and we, sometimes it's hard to even hard to talk about it because we don't want to give people the idea that this is a way, uh, something that they can do, but um, it's very dangerous. It's on college campuses and it's uh, mostly girls who are wanting a way to pay for their education. So um, they will, there's, there are apps out there. There's, you can, do a Google search, you can find, you know, it's a sugar daddy mm. is what it is. Okay. Like older gentleman uh, who wants the company of um, a lovely young girl and uh, will pay her for her time. And sometimes it's sexual, sometimes it's not, but it's always vulnerable. Yeah, There's always yeah. a vulnerability out there that can be exploited. Absolutely. In all of your doing, I, I know we talked a little bit of kind of that mission is kind of changing the mindset um, mm -hmm. of young girls. Speak a little bit more about that. Well, um, I would say, I think from our previous conversation, Beverly, I think you're probably just talking about the worth of people and of humans. And we just love the opportunity to be able to go in and sit down with a group of young ladies and, and say, you know, did you know that you have worth and purpose and um, help them to connect with people in the community who uh, might be able to spend time with them and invest in them? Um, that is one of the things when I give a presentation that I say, when people say, Where, what is it that I can do? And, you know, so many people have these big ideas of going in and kicking down doors and right. rescuing. And we leave that to the law enforcement <laughs> because they're trained to do that. Um, and the human trafficking hotline number is really important for sure. Um, but if you can mentor, if you can be in your community, if you can, you know, ask your school district if there are mentoring opportunities or, you know, volunteer at the Boys and Girls Club or the YMCA or teach Sunday school, just some way where you can kind of just slow down a little bit and identify some of the girls. It doesn't take when you stop and slow down and take a look. 
you can see the ones that are vulnerable. You really, you can tell. Um, and just, you know, put your hand on their shoulder and tell them that you care about them and ask them their interests and just find find a way into their life because um, the traffickers will. So if you can, if you can build them up, if you can build their character, if you can um, speak into their life, and if they know that there's somebody who cares about them, um, that is the part that is going to slow down the sex trafficking. Well said. Well said. And the uh, fierce parenting with the 52 week um, uh, weeks of, of short videos. Do they go to YouTube to find that or do they go to your website to find that? Where where would people find You'll go to our website and you'll sign up for it. Okay. And then that will come to your inbox, your email box. Okay. Mm-hmm. Give us your website. It's just fiercefreedom.org. Easy to remember. Fiercefreedom.org. You know what? What you're doing is is incredible. You said you you guys have been in what twenty seven school districts. Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Yeah. So, what you're doing is invaluable. I know with COVID uh, shutting down schools uh, along the way, some of the schools are opening, some are closed. Um, that kind of stifles what you're doing, but. Um, you know, keep it up and going on, uh, utilizing the internet is just the way to go. And you guys are taking advantage of it. And that's a great thing. Thank you. So thank you so much, Ginny Omquist, who is the founder and executive director of Fierce Freedom, doing some excellent work and joining us from her um, headquarters in Altoona, Wisconsin. Thank you again. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. And thank you for joining us for another edition of the 411 Live, Real People, Real Talk. If you are so inclined to support us and help us, please go to our website, the411live.org. And you can, of course, do that. And we would really be appreciative. But until next time, I'm Beverly Taylor. And this is the 411 Live, Real People, Real Talk. If you would like to check out past episodes, there are many ways. Go to your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Like and watch us on Facebook. Watch and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you have suggestions for future episodes, go to our website, the411live.org. 